Well, last week, uh, by request, we uh, started a, a study that we've studied many times uh, about the rapture. And uh, each time we look at it, we see a, a few more pieces uh, that uh, upholds uh, the truth about the rapture. And of course, as you, you, a lot of people do not believe in the rapture. A lot of people in religion don't believe about the rapture. And uh, they say, well, the word's not in the Bible. I won't get into that debate. But it may be called uh, uh, caught up or calling away. Uh, it's a particular resurrection. So we don't have to use the word. Just a lot easier using that word than this explaining the whole thing every time. So we're going to use the word rapture. I'm not afraid of that word. It, it, we know what we're talking about, that there is a certain resurrection at a certain period of time. It will take place, and uh, our study, we uh, want to study, what well, first of all, is it true? And we've, we looked at that, and we want to look at who will be caught up in that uh, rapture. And, uh, you know, as, as Paul wrote his letters to Thessalonians, the first letters, then they was, uh, they was concerned that maybe they missed it. And I think there was a movie at one time, Left Behind or something like that, and I, uh, uh, I haven't seen the movie, but... So they were worried about, did they miss it? And uh, so uh, we want to talk about the signs that we will know. We, we will know, uh, in other words, the Lord's sheep that, makes up his, that will make up his bride, the Lord's true church, can't miss it. It's impossible. The Lord would have to be unfaithful and, uh, and uh, breaking his promises. So we want to look at that uh, as well. We, uh, last week we looked, we won't go there this morning, but in Revelations, one argument, uh, and some people believe it's, it's pre-trib uh, rapture, some believe it's mid-trib rapture, and some believe it's at the end that is the rapture. And again, uh, we should be able to prove that it is pre-tribulation that the rapture takes place, or else the Lord would have broken his promise, and we know that's not, uh, not going to happen. So there is a, an argument that, uh, well, the first time the, the Lord comes back to the earth is to fight the battle of Armageddon. When he comes back with eyes, flame of fire, and a sword out of his mouth, and so forth, and that's half true. That is the first time he comes back to the earth. But we will see uh, that he calls his bride out before that takes place. In fact, when he, when he comes back to fight that battle of Armageddon, it says, and the armies that were in heaven came with him. And the key to understanding that is, how was this army dressed? Fine linen, clean and white, which is exactly how the bride was dressed. You could read just a few verses for that. So the bride is the one that comes back with him, not to help fight the battle, but comes back with him as he comes back to fight this battle of Armageddon that ends the tribulation period, great tribulation. So let's uh, go first to Isaiah chapter uh, 26. Isaiah chapter 26, and there's just two or three verses here that covers a lot of history. And this is where we ended. Isaiah 26. And uh, 
Well, let's just go straight to verse uh, 19. And this is talking about the rapture, uh, prophesying towards it. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body. Shall they, uh, shall they, let me try that again. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body. Shall they arise? Awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust. For thy dew is like the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. And then verse 20, and of course, casting out the, the dead in Christ, that uh, they will be resurrected at this particular time or rapture. And then verse 20 is also talking about that. And it says, come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment until the indignation is past. So you call out before the seven years of great tribulation. And then verse 21 speaks of that great tribulation. For behold, the Lord cometh out of, the, uh, out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. And then verse 1 of 27 is talking about the millennial reign, which will also uh, follow that. So, and we, we also went back in the Song of Solomon, uh, which is, I, I'd like to make a complete study of that <coughs> sometime. But in the love letter there, same thing, calling her away, just as it is here, calling away to this indignation be passed. So this is a, is a is prophecy about the Lord calling out his bride before this great tribulation uh, begins. Now, how long before? I, I don't, I probably right up till the, the day. I don't know how long before. But we will see, and the scripture will uh, tell us, I believe there's no, uh, doesn't leave any room for any doubt, that she will be taken out, has to be taken out, before the great tribulation begins. So let's go to uh, 1 Thessalonians, and uh, chapter 5. I think this is, uh, I think the study of the rapture is, is uh, wonderful for many things. I, certainly those uh, sheep of the Lord will rejoice in it. Uh, I've mentioned many times, Dolores and I used to be our favorite vacation spot. We haven't been back there for about five or six years. But anyway, uh, there was a billboard that said, warning, Jesus is coming. And uh, I'd like to get me a can of paint and go down there and with some graffiti put hallelujah, Jesus is coming instead of, instead of warning. And I don't, we don't study this and teach this to, to frighten people. Just the opposite, that we find comfort in it. Uh, so 1 Thessalonians and chapter 5. And let's start in, in verse 1. So this is a, a letter, Holy Spirit-inspired, Apostle Paul. This is the first letter to Thessalonians and also to us. So chapter 5, verse 1. But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need 
that I write unto you. For ye yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, and we need to, to notice this in the scriptures. Uh, I'm going to get a little bit sidetracked here, but you know, you hear the scripture quote all the time, the Lord's not willing that any should perish. And we know some will perish. That would make the Lord a failure. So what is that saying? If you look at that scripture, it's, it's the Lord's towards usward and not willing any would perish. There's us and we, and there's they and them. So we need to pay attention to that when we study the scriptures. Pay very close attention to that. So here, uh, where did I stop now? Uh, verse 2, For ye yourselves uh, know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. But when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them as a travail upon a woman with child. And they, they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, you see the difference? Are not in darkness. That that, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light or children and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. And he's speaking to the church. Therefore, let us not sleep... As others do, but let us watch and be sober-minded. Now, we did a study on sleep one time. Sometimes sleep is talking about just not being aware and things like that. Sometimes it's talking about the first death, being asleep uh, with the Lord. So we want to uh, pay attention to what that is talking to about. This is not talking about let us not die and, and be uh, uh, asleep with the Lord. It's not talking about that. It's, it's the other. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober-minded. Lord willing, we want to talk about uh, the ten virgins. We may touch on it today, but make a, a better study on it, that they were. What was the difference between the wise and the foolish virgins? Watching. Only difference. Watching. And, and what that means. Okay, so there's uh, uh, Thessalonians here. He said, you know, uh, to the church, Thessalonians, and to the churches today as well. Said, you know, it, it's going to come as a thief in the night, but you, no, no. you know certain things. And uh, so he's talking about the rapture is what he's talking about. Uh, that uh, day of the Lord. Or that day, he's speaking about the rapture, a particular resurrection, a calling out. And in the, the fourth chapter of Thessalonians, and verse 13, and again, see, when, when they got this first letter, they thought it was immediate. And that's one of the reasons for the second letter. But let's, okay, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them who are asleep. Now, see, that sleep is 
the first death, sleep with the Lord, where the other sleep was, was a not watching sleep. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them who are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also who sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede them who are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, raptured up, taken up, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And I know Betty uh, is comforted by these words as we think of the rapture and that we ever be uh, with the Lord. So he's talking about, uh, uh, don't be concerned about those that are asleep with the Lord. And in other words, those that have passed away. And there's uh, scriptures we can go to to talk about that. I don't think I, I will this morning. But they're asleep with the Lord. They have passed from this earthly life. And uh, but said, don't, <laughs> don't be worried about them as those that have no hope. They'll be resurrected. They'll be called out. Called out to meet in the clouds of the air. Or it says, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And uh, so this is, this is a good clue as well. And, and I think even if this wasn't such a blessed, wonderful spiritual study and teaching, just studying this as a mystery would be very interesting. So here <clears throat> says, called up to meet in the air. Uh, so the one individual that I heard put a lot of time and study into this said the first time the Lord, the rapture, he calls it that flyaway doctrine. And he says, the uh, first time the Lord comes down is when he plants his feet and he comes back and it is to fight that battle of Armageddon. And again, that's half true. That's the first time he comes back to the earth. Well, how's he going to get the bride out then? Well, he comes back for her. And let's go to Acts uh, on that. Uh, book of Acts chapter 1. So what we're reading about here, the Lord has, uh, of course, been crucified, resurrected, and uh, now he's getting ready to go to the Father. Uh, so in, uh, let's see, where do one go? 
Well, maybe we'll go to verse 8 here, maybe. Uh, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in both uh, in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and uttermost parts of the earth. This is where he told them uh, to, to wait at Jerusalem uh, until that day of Pentecost when the Comforter comes. He said, you wait then. And that was basically the last thing we have recorded that he spoke to them. But in verse 9, And we have spoken these things. While they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So I believe that, that physically that they watch him ascend up into the clouds. Now look at verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly towards the heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus, who is taken up from you into heaven, <clears throat> shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So to his church, to his beloved bride, he's not coming back with eyes of flame of fire and a sword and rule with a rod iron. He's not coming back that way. He's coming back to receive them. How they saw him go up in that cloud, they'll be called up. We already read that. They'll be called up to meet him in the cloud. So that's before he comes back to fight the battle of Armageddon, which ends the great tribulation period. So that's how the bride is taken out. Uh, and again, the scriptures prove to us that it's before the great tribulation starts. It has to be either that, and I'm going to say a pretty strong word here. Either that or the Lord's a liar. And we know that's not the case. But we'll see that. So... Uh, in uh, Second Thessalonians, so we understand the First Thessalonians. We read that, and some of them thought, "Oh, we might, we maybe we missed it, or we're going to miss it, or something." And I can see how they would uh, uh, would see that by what we read in First Thessalonians. But Second Thessalonians, and uh, starting in verse five. This is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation unto them who trouble you. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, and, and, and this is when he comes back to fight the battle of Armageddon. Let me read 7 again and 8. And to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. And again, when he comes from heaven with the mighty angels, that's the ones dressed in fine linen, clean and white. We probably should have read Revelation again, but we didn't. And that's when he comes back with eyes of flaming fire, etc. But these that come with them are the bride. Okay, verse 8. In flaming fire, taking vengeance upon them that know not God, 
and that they obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's coming back, and uh, here he's coming back, and he will come back to fight the battle of Armageddon that ends this great tribulation period. But she comes back with him. She's already been taken out. And in Thessalonians 2, and the first two verses. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him. So there's that gathering together, rapture, caught up. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as the day of the Lord is present. So he said, I, I realize we wrote this first letter to you here at Thessalonians. He said, but don't want some were shaken, some were troubled. He said, but uh, don't be troubled by this, this letter, uh, as the day of the Lord is called here. Is present. Day of the Lord, that day, many, and we're just using the word rapture. So, that day. What day? That's what we read in 1 Thessalonians. Gathering together. As he calls them out. To meet him in the clouds of the air. Uh, and let's, well, let's, I'm going to go back and read it again, but we just read it, so I guess we don't have to. But they, they were concerned that they'd missed it. And he said, don't, don't be uh, shaken. Some of you are shaken, but don't be shaken that you've missed it. That day when the Lord comes back to call his out, and there'll be that gathering together. As he comes back in the clouds of the air, don't be concerned that you, you missed it. Uh, early on in this second letter, he makes it very clear to them and to us that some things must take place first. Before this calling up, before this gathering together, something has to take place first. Now look at verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, that calling out, that gathering together. For that day shall not come, except there come the falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So he said, before that day, before that man of sin can be revealed, before that day has to be a falling away. And there's, there's a big debate about this. Is that a falling away of the truth? Or is that a falling away of the Lord's true churches that they're taken out? Big debate on arguing on that. And you know what my answer is? Yes. Yes, there's a falling away of the truth. 
because there's a falling away that the church is taken out. And, and again, we can go farther than that as far as that goes. But uh, falling away of the truth, or is it the rapture? And again, it, it's the same thing. But this man of sin cannot be revealed until this takes place. He can't be, according to the scriptures. This man of sin, and, and this is what starts it all, uh, as we see it. This man of sin is, is, is revealed, but it cannot take place until this falling away. So he's trying to comfort those in Thessalonica there that he wrote this first letter to. Yeah, there's going to be a, 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 a gathering together with him and so forth. But don't, don't be... Uh, uh, concerned about it. You haven't missed it. So then he tells them here, there's something that has to take place first. This man of sin, who really opens up or begins the great tribulation, and we're going to, Lord willing, try to talk about that some, maybe in a, a few weeks as well. But it can't take place until something else happens. Something has to happen for this to take place. Uh, so let me read three again. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come the falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now ye know what restraineth. And that word, uh, your Bible may say, withholdeth. You know what withholdeth. You know what restrains. That's what he's telling them. And we should know as well. And you know what restraineth that he might be revealed in his time. So uh, this uh, son of perdition uh, that, that's going to come is something has to take place before he can be revealed. Verse 6, And you know what restraineth, that he might be revealed in his time. Will, let me ask you, will, will the church follow this man of sin? And you know the Lord's church won't. Will follow the Antichrist? And, and, and no, the answer is no. Verse 3 says, Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come the falling away. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And then uh, verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now hindereth will continue to hinder until he be taken out of the way. So it's referred to here as a he. I said, now before this man of sin can be revealed, before this great tribulation period can start, 
There's some things that you, you know. You know what restraineth. There's something that restrains, and uh, uh, he will, and uh, the now hindereth will continue to hinder until he be taken out of the way. So this he has to be taken out of the way. Whatever this he is has to be taken out of the way for the man of sin can be revealed and the great tribulation period start. He has to be taken out of the way according to the scriptures. In verse 8. And then shall that wicked one be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Then then shall that wicked one be revealed. When? When he is taken out of the way. That's what it says in verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now hindereth will continue to hinder until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his countenance. So, when will he be revealed? Only after he is taken out of the way. Who is this he? John chapter 16. Because he told him, he says, you know, you know what restrains. Uh, I'm not sure that they, uh, <laughs> I mean, he told him, he said, I've told you. So John chapter 16, I want to look at this he that must be taken out of the way. And then that man of sin be revealed. So Gospel John chapter 16. Verse 12 and 13. So this is, and we studied this not, well as we studied the Gospel of John. And as you get into these chapters, uh, 14, 15, 16. This is when the Lord, you know, he was. Before, there was Pharisees trying to trap him, listen to every word and everything. This is a private time set apart with his disciples. And it's John 14, 15, 16, and even 13. And he's talking with them, uninterrupted by all those other things that had taken place and, and, and everything. So it's a quite intimate time with his disciples. And it's recorded for our learning and our admonition as well. So he's sitting here, so we traveled back in time a little bit. What was in Thessalonians there. So we travel back in time a little bit when our Lord was here talking to them. So John 16, 1, uh, 16, 12, and 13. I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Nevertheless, when he, there's our he that we're looking for. He has to be taken out of the way. But now he's telling them, nevertheless, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. So this is where the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was talking with his disciples, a short time before he is to be taken. And he's telling about this he that would lead, guide, and direct them into all truth. So here's a he. And in verse 7 of that same chapter, 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So 
Here, uh, the Lord's telling his church that the spirit of truth is going to come. It's going to lead God and direct you into all truth. And it's constantly referred to as he. In the 15th chapter and verse 26. But when the comforters come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. So this is, he's telling his disciples that I'm going to go away, going to send the comforter. He, the Spirit of truth, will lead God and direct into all truth. Going to send that to his church. So if the body of Christ is empowered with this he, with this comforter, could they follow the Antichrist? And the answer is no. The body of Christ that he gives us comforter, impossible. They could not follow the Antichrist. Because it says, he shall testify of me. He's going to testify of the real Christ. Now, there's an Antichrist come and set himself up as God. And believe me, they're already working in the world today. We see people looking at themselves as God uh, in, in a sense. Uh, yeah, we won't go into that, but nevertheless, there is. So, he shall testify of me. He, this, this he, this comfort of the spirit of truth that came on the day of Pentecost will testify of Jesus Christ to his, and they will not follow the Antichrist. But if we take this comfort out of the way, then there would come this falling away of the truth. Because the comforter leads God to direct into all truth. So if we take that comforter out, then there's going to be a falling away of the truth because the comforter's not here to lead. But, and here comes our proof. Can he take the comforter out without taking the church out? And I say not without breaking his promise. So I, I think we all agree that those that are led by this comforter, this spirit of truth, this spirit of truth leads, guides, and directs into all truth. It testifies of Jesus Christ. Those that are led by that are not going to follow the Antichrist. Not because of them, but because of the Holy Spirit, because of the comforter. They're not going to follow the Antichrist. But... So, and we're saying it's because of this comforter. But if this comforter is taken out, then there will be a falling away of the truth because there's nothing here to guide it. And we'll talk about the spirits and things later. But, but uh, as we see this comforter that leads God and directs in all truth, that testifies of Jesus Christ, when it's taken out, there will be a falling away of truth. But can he take that comforter out without taking his church? Or let me just say it this way. Can he take this comforter out without this rapture? Without this calling away? Can he do that? Now, 
If he does, if he takes that comforter out and his church is still left here, then there's nothing to lead God and direct into all truth. So she will be falling away from the truth. We know there'll be a falling away from the truth. She'll be following the Antichrist. There's reasons why that can't take place. What, when the Lord was talking to Peter, what did he tell him? Upon this rock, and he's talking about himself, not Peter. But Peter, upon myself, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If he takes the comforter away from that church, and the church has no leadership of the comforter, then they're going to follow the Antichrist, and the gates of hell would have prevailed against it. But he said, the gates of hell, I'm going to build this church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But if he takes the comforter out without taking the church, well, let's go to that 14th chapter uh, uh, of John that Mort was read a portion of it there. John 14. And verse 16. We'll take up just where Mort uh, left off there. Verse, John 14, 16. The Lord, words, Lord Jesus Christ. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he, we know who that he is, that's the spirit of truth, that he may abide with you forever. So he's telling his church, I'm going, I'm, I was the first comforter. I led, guided, and directed. I'm going to go away. I'm going to send another comforter. And says that he may abide with you forever. He's telling his church, it will abide with you forever. That will prevent the gates of hell from prevailing against my church, my body. Verse, let me read 16, 17 together. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth that the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. In you as a body of, the, uh, the body of Christ, the church, and with you as a member of that body. And then listen to what he says in verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So that's why he, can't, he cannot take that comforter away from the church without breaking his promise. And he's not going to break his promise. But when we have the comforter taken out, and he will, he, he will take that comforter out because he, that comforter, is what restraineth the Antichrist from coming. But when he takes that comforter out, he has to take his church out because he says, I won't leave you comfortless. And then he also says, I will come to you. That's when he comes and calls them up in the clouds of the air. So now back in our text in Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 2 and uh, 7 and 8. 2 Thessalonians 2, 7 and 8. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now hindereth will continue to hinder until he be taken out of the way. And then 
shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit uh, of his mouth. Then and then only will he be revealed. Falling away first. Falling away the truth. And he can't take that out without taking his beloved bride, his beloved church. He takes the church and the comforter, and then you certainly have a falling away of the truth. Most certainly do. So the church cannot go through the great tribulation. He would be, he would be breaking uh, 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 promises there, two promises. He said, I'm going, up on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. If he left the church here comfortless, the gates of hell would prevail against it and, and, and won't. And then he tells them, no, this, this really intimate time in John 13, 14, 15, 16, he has his, his church, his first church, his disciples there, and nobody coming, running, and healing me, all these things. And he tells them about this comfort, and he says, I won't leave you comfortless. So the church cannot go through that great tribulation period because he that restraineth will continue to restrain till he be taken out of the way, and that he is the comforter. And he won't take that comforter from the church. So they both have to come out at the same time. So we'll have to stop there, but then uh, we'll want to go on a little farther with this study. Just who will be taken out in the rapture? Uh, well, we'll just, we'll just kind of leave it to that. So we'll try to look a little more just who will be taken out uh, in the rapture. We gave some hints, but uh, certainly I don't think we clarified that. But be comforted in the fact that the Lord's church will be taken out when he takes the comforter out and then the seven years of great tribulation will begin. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We are dismissed.